Okay, well, welcome to the first ever podcast. This is a step further. Um, This is just kind of taking Sunday's message a step further and discussing it a little bit further. So hopefully it's uh, something that helps out. I don't know if it uh, will do anything for you, but hopefully it will be something that will kind of be a little bit of a treasure, a little bit more uh, something to chew on for the week. So this past week, we talked about uh, the Lord's Prayer. We called it Pray Like This. And in this message, we basically we were trying to understand, is the Lord's Prayer um, something that we want to add to our service? Is it something that's just traditional? Is it something that was meant to be um, actually prayed for? Is it something that, um, you know, we're just reciting as tradition dictates? Or are we actually praying it? And um, I think probably what we would not do this prayer justice if we were just praying, if we were just saying it, you know, while we're thinking about our grocery list or what we're going to have for lunch or, you know, all the things that we need to get done for the week or whatever. Um, So to actually pray it, uh, but to actually pray it means we're actually going on this journey. And we talked Sunday about how the Lord's Prayer really kind of maps out the whole story, um, the whole story of, uh, from Adam and Eve, uh, to the very end and basically how, uh, God creates man and how man messes up and how God has to exile man out until we go through this purification process. But the fact is we can't go through that purification process on our own. So God himself has to redeem man. And then in the midst of that, um, we become purified and then sanctified and justified and, and all other kinds of fied. And, uh, then by that time we're ready to enter into the promised land. And in reality, the, and ultimately speaking, the promised land is heaven. It's, it's the new Jerusalem. It's the, the eternal life with Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as our Messiah, Jesus as our as our husband, uh, because we are the bride of Christ. So that's essentially what we talked about on Sunday is that whole idea of, uh, and when we looked at Torah and we talked about, um, you know, each of the five books, what, what the titles were supposed to be, what they actually meant, uh, how it answers the, the who, the what, the when, the where and the how, and we were asking the question why. So that's where we're at. And then, um, now I just kind of want to go into a little bit deeper about the idea of the prayer itself and maybe just a little bit more to munch on. Uh, so right now I'm actually reading out of a translation called the complete Jewish Bible. And this is for, it was, it was designed for Messianic Jews um, because first and foremost, this is a Jewish story. Um, we as, as Gentiles or, or, um, you know, Greeks or people who are non-Jewish, we are kind of grafted into this story and very thankfully too, because if not, we wouldn't have an eternal life in heaven. Um, that being said, we're grafted into this story and first and foremost is a Jewish story. So it's kind of written with that Jewish perspective and um it it kind of enhances the the root of christianity and the root of the faith so 
That's the version I'm going to be using today. And I want to read out of Matthew 6. Uh, we'll read that version, that account of the Lord's Prayer. And um, he's going on, and he's again, he's talking about prayer and what not to do, how not to act like the Pharisees in this, and how not to be self-righteous in this prayer, but really to be all about um, your relationship with the Father, that intimate time with the Father. And starting with verse 7, he says, And when you pray, don't babble on and on like pagans who think God will hear them better if they talk a lot. Uh, and then he goes on to say, don't be like them because your father knows what you need before you ask him. You therefore pray like this, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the food we need today. Forgive us what we've done wrong as we too have forgiven those who have wronged us and do not lead us into hard testing, but keep us safe from the evil one for kingship power and glory are yours forever. Amen. And then he goes on to talk about forgiving others. And he says, you know, for if you forgive others, their offenses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, their offenses, your heavenly father will not forgive yours. I remember another story where he talked about, um, he, he gave a parable of this guy who who his master went to him and he said, Hey, you know, you owe me all of this money. And, you know, he's crying for his life because he can't pay the debt. And so the master forgives him of the debt. Well, the guy goes out and he has somebody who owes him money and he comes up against him and, um, he wouldn't forgive the guy of his debt because the guy couldn't pay it. So he wouldn't forgive him. Well, the original master hears about it and then, and takes him away. And he says, you know, basically he, 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 um, he sent him away to, to prison, I believe until every penny was paid. Um, and, and he called him an evil one. And basically it was, I have forgiven you and you have not forgiven the other people. So Jesus says, well, how can your father in heaven forgive you if you're not willing to forgive other people? Um, and, Listen, I don't know about you, but I struggle with forgiveness as well on that whole platform. It's it's hard because, I, like probably you, I've been through a battle myself, and I've been through many battles, actually. And um, over the course of time, you know, you develop enemies, and people have done you wrong. And, and not just little things either, but big things. Sometimes it's hard to... Um, not hold that grudge against somebody and it's, it's hard to not let go of some things. And, you know, sure enough, uh, we need to let go because that's what God calls us to. Um, he calls us to humility and sometimes humility is not just things that happen in our own life, not just our own sin, but God reveals to us that we're no better than the people that hurt us. And so we need to learn to forgive others. What a concept, However, what a hard concept. And um, I know it's, it's, it's hard for me to, to not hold that grudge and go, you know, gosh, I really need to let go and I really need to um, figure this out because it's, it's hard 
um, it's hard to let go. It's hard not to be hurt all the time with, when, you know, that person comes to mind or, you know, when something comes up and it brings up that very thing that they did to you or those very things that they did to you or how they treated you or whatever, it's really hard to, um, just let go of that and to say, well, it's done. The past is in the past and so forth. But God is calling us to do that. And then you think, oh, my Lord, how, you know, I've done all of these things. My life is filled with sin. I think David said it in the psalm, my sins are piled high. Um, How could God not? And listen, I don't know about you, but sometimes I say sorry for things that I end up doing again. Uh, You know, I want to have that repentant heart, but... Man, I screw up over and over and over and over again. Sometimes I make the same mistake twice. And it's not that I don't want to turn from that. Uh, but sometimes it's like, man, you know, I really need to get my act together. And how could God forgive me over and over and over again? The disciples said, well, how many times should we forgive somebody? And Jesus said, 70 times seven. And it's like, wow, oh, man. Uh But the Bible also says that for though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up again. So uh, God knows our hearts and he knows our our minds. He searches our hearts. And I'm thankful for that because deep within myself, I don't want to be the man that um, he's a poser. You know, I don't I don't want to be the guy that just says he's sorry, but doesn't really mean it and isn't trying to turn his life around. with also the realization that the very person I'm sorry to is the very person who I need their help turning my life around. And, uh, sometimes that's really what it takes, you know, and when people come against us, sometimes they say they're sorry. And, uh, I mean, there are people who say they're sorry. They really don't mean it because they just do it over and over again without thought. Um, and that's really not on you. That's on them. Um, but sometimes those people who keep saying they're sorry, but they keep falling back into this trap of, of what they came against you for. And, uh, you're the one that really needs to help them out of it. And wow, what a big concept that might be, especially for some people. I don't know for other people, maybe not, but, um, you know, to realize that the person that done you wrong, you're, they need your help getting out of what they've done you wrong. You know, they don't want to fall into that trap. And sometimes you're the one that has to help them out. That's how God is for us. Uh, sometimes, you know, we have to, we have to just go to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. That's like the guy that says, um, uh, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Help me in my doubt. Lord, I, I, I believe you. I just have these doubts. And I'm sorry because I know you want me to believe in you. I know you want me to have faith, but I have these doubts. Help me. Help me in my unbelief. Help me in my doubting. And so, uh, you know, coming to the Lord and going, I, I want to repent. I need your help in doing so. Um, I think that's what God is really asking for. He says, I don't desire your sacrifices. What I desire is a broken and contrite heart. I think God can work with that. And I think you know, really, in, in all reality, we as humans can work with that, too, if, if, if we're willing. Uh, you know, if somebody does us wrong and they come to us and go, I, I am so sorry. 
I, look, I am trying. I don't know how to fix this. I want to fix this because I don't want to keep hurting you over and over and over again. I think even us as humans, I think we can deal with that a little bit better than somebody who just, you know, says that they're sorry, but they really don't mean it. And you, you can sense that within your spirit that they really don't mean it. You can sense that they really, they really don't care uh, they're just sorry because they got caught or whatever the case is. It's, no, I'm not sorry because I got caught. Listen, I am sorry because I am really sorry and I don't want to be that guy. I think God can deal with that and I think that we can deal with that too as humans. So when he says, forgive us for what we've done wrong, just as we too have forgiven those who have wronged us. I think when we take that angle of going, you know what? I want to give a person a chance. Um, and God is patient over and over again, even if we're not really truly repentant, even if we're we're kind of just stuck in our ways, even if we're stiff-necked, God is very patient with us. And I think that we probably ought to be patient with other people, too. That's a virtue. Uh, it's also a fruit of the Spirit. But um, to kind of to kind of ease that, I think it's it's nice that that we can think, oh, you know, if somebody really is repentant. You know, then, hey, we can do it. And then lead us not into hard testing. Lead us not into temptation. Um, it's interesting that this this version says, and do not lead us into hard testing. Uh, other versions, most of the versions that we know say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This one says, lead us not into hard testing, but keep us safe from the evil one. Um, I think it's in James where uh, he says, God does not tempt us, but he does test us. The, the, there is a difference of tempting and, and testing. So allowing us to be tempted is a test, but he doesn't himself tempt us. It's not like he dangles something in front of us and goes, hey, check this out. But he does allow us to go through that testing, that temptation rather, and, and basically testing our strength uh, but it is not him who who is tempting us um i just for whatever reason that just strikes me funny that lead us not into hard testing but keep us safe from the evil one um jesus was right like he literally got done being baptized and it says that the spirit leads him into the wilderness for 40 days where he is tempted by the evil one by the devil talk about hard testing but yet hard testing gives us some sort of endurance it gives us some sort of perseverance and uh in a way it gives us strength it's strength of character and that strength of character reveals that God has been with us. And the more that we surrender, even during the time of testing, the more that we surrender to to the Lord, uh, the more I think that we pass that test. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Um, and resisting the devil really means surrendering to the Lord. So even if we are led into hard testing, that time of testing, uh, to be able to really stand firm in the word, to be able to stand firm in the Lord. Uh, I don't know about you, but man, you know, life sometimes is an uphill battle. And what I mean by that is you're trying to make the climb and 
and you're you're trying to be godly and you're trying to surrender but life is filled with tests it's filled with temptations it's filled with um you know the the battle between the flesh and the spirit you know your your flesh is always at war with your spirit and um because your flesh wants to pull you into the earthly it that's where the evil one really makes his mark you know if i can attack your flesh uh and i, I if i can get you to focus on your flesh and, I, and then i can attack it and i can have sort of this dominion over you but really if we learn to live by the spirit if we learn to live by the truth by his word uh, that's where you go back a little bit and he says, give us the food we need today. Well, what food? Yes, he will provide for your flesh, but also he will provide for your spirit. And as you seek to live by his word, as you seek to, to, and, and by the way, I encourage you to read your Bible daily. If you're not going to read a whole chapter, at least read a verse and meditate on it. Don't just read it and move on, but meditate on it. Think about it for a moment. Maybe uh, the uh, David, I think it was David that said, I meditate on your word all day long. Uh, I don't think that he read, you know, the whole Torah all the time because that's what they would have had back then. I don't think that he would have just been reading that all day long. I mean, he was the king. He had to make decisions for for his kingdom and he had to be in prayer for his kingdom. He had to have meetings with people for his kingdom and he had to go to war for his kingdom, you know, so he had, he was a busy guy. So it's not like he read, you know, all the time, but he actually just meditated on what he read. Even if it was a verse, even if it was thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Boom. Meditate on that all day. There's a lot to that. You know, or for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe it in him should not perish, but have eternal everlasting life. You know, chew on that for the whole day. Uh, chew on, on the fact that uh, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Chew on that for, for the day. Uh, there's just so much that you can, can, can meditate on and so much revelation, even within maybe one or two verses of the Bible that God has in store for us. And uh, so give us the food that we need today. So lead us, Lord, even in into what should we read in the Bible? What should we know? What do you want us to know? What do you want uh, our souls to be fed on today? Um, that's a kind of a prayer I think that we should be praying. You know, not just what kind of pizza am I going to be able to order? Or am I going to be able to order pizza? Or should I go fast food? Or should I actually stay home and make something? Or, you know, I'm going to go grocery shopping, Lord, so what should I buy? Or, you know, it's not like that. It's give us the food that we need today, Lord. We, we trust in you for our daily provisions. Um, there's a word in the Bible that says don't um, worry about what you'll wear tomorrow. You know? Uh, tomorrow then and, and he talks about all those little things you can you know that scripture i don't have to really reference it but he essentially goes on to say you know tomorrow has enough worries for itself you need to focus on now focus on today so give us the food that we need today forgive us for what we've done wrong and as we too have forgiven those who have wronged us and lead us not into hard testing but keep us safe from the evil one and it says for kingship power and glory are yours forever and ever and ever amen the big thing that um is tricky about that statement is 
the Bible, and there's a verse in the Bible that says that the devil is the, he has dominion over this earth. But so we're waiting for God's kingdom to come. We're waiting for the messianic kingdom to come, for him to rule over this earth and for Satan to be done, like for his power to be done. So Jesus conquered death. He gave us victory. We have victory in in eternal. Uh, We have it in the spiritual. But we're waiting for it even in the physical now. Um, We're looking for it now, what what they were looking for 2,000 years ago when he first came. And um, so we're looking for that kingship to come. But it's it's his. It's it's always been his. And I think that's why he pray, or he says to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we're waiting for that to happen. We're, we're here. We're waiting for that. And we will pray for it all the time for that to take place. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's, I love that, and, and that's a little bit more about the Lord's Prayer. Um, and as we're in the wilderness, as we're waiting for God's kingdom to, to come, I believe that we can experience God's kingdom just because of, of where we're at. And um, I think that the more we can experience God's kingdom in the spiritual, and a lot of that can manifest in the physical. You know, we can experience the healing. We can experience the uh, fulfillment and not be hungry. We can ex- experience, um, you know, all of the attributes of God, the, the goodness of God, the fruits of the spirit, the, um, you know, the gifts of the spirit, all of those things that, uh, God promises us, we can experience those now and we can, can walk through this, this time that we have here on earth experiencing God's kingdom, but we're still waiting for that kingdom to come. We're still praying for that kingdom to come. And we need to keep praying for that kingdom to come because the world has not, the world has not turned its eye toward Jesus yet. I mean, you can look around and, and I know that God is tearing things down and I know that his kingdom is coming. Um, I, and, and I know that he promised he was going to do it and I believe he's doing it even now. Um, which really leads me to a whole nother message and I'm not going to do it today, but, um, this whole other message about um, who's taken from the earth and who's not and what that looks like. And so that might be for another time, maybe on a Sunday morning, and we'll dive in deeper again on one of these podcasts. But for now, that has been uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Pray like this. We're taking it just a little bit step further, and I hope that you've enjoyed this, and hopefully this teaching has helped in some way. If you have any comments or whatever, you feel free to uh, let me know. And um, we look forward to seeing you on a Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. at Ayersville Community Church. And if not, we'll also look forward to hearing, seeing you or having you back on this podcast as well. So have a wonderful day and be blessed in the Lord. Amen.